Welcome to the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. My name is Joanne McMillan from joanne.ie and I'm delighted that you have joined me. Each of the episodes are filled with coaching and lessons on how to tune into our intuition, how to become more intuitively aware and how to use our intuition as a guide in our daily life. I'm so excited to get started. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. I am so happy you are here. I am sitting here in my office and I'm looking out at the trees that's starting to colour. And there's a soft rain falling outside and it's just so lovely and peaceful. Um, so I hope wherever you might be that you are enjoying yourselves, that you've had a good day or that you are starting your day off with intention and purpose. So in this first episode, very welcome to the first episode, I want to spend some time introducing me and um, talking a bit more about my background and what these episodes will be about exactly. So if you are new to joanne.ie or we have or we have met before, I'm so delighted that you have joined me on this journey to increasing our intuitive intelligence. So let me start with my background and how I got to be here today in conversation with you on this podcast. So like any of us, I suppose I've had a very colourful background. <laughs> I was raised in South Africa, uh, an only child in a very ordinary household. And I spent most of my growing up years in the northwest province in South Africa, which is right in the middle between gold mines and millie fields. So millies are a maize and it's, or sweet corn and it's a staple food in South Africa and all of Africa, really. So I grew up, you know, with parents who had a very, very strong spiritual belief. And I was taught from a very young age that miracles happen every day and that I have a direct connection with God. It was very much instilled in me that I have to cultivate a relationship with God and following the nudges that I am given. So, you know, I remember growing up, you know, how my mum would have often would have uh, would get this knowing of, um, you know, something. And I rem the one thing that stands out in my memory um, right now is she visited a friend in the hospital and on the way to the hospital, she stopped at the shop and she thought she'll pick up a few things for her. And she picked up a packet of lime jelly. Now, in South Africa, you get lime jelly. It's like a, a powder that you mix with water and um, with sugar and all, all kinds of things in it. And um, so my mom goes, OK, it's like, why am I picking up more lime jelly? But she picked it up anyway. And, you know, she put it in the bag and... Um, went to visit her friend and we were there and her friend said she goes oh my goodness I have such a craving for lime jelly <laughs> and you know it's like my life was filled with those kind of incidences you know where my mum always honoured and reacted to those nudges um, you know and those knowings and just I suppose used it as direction um, I've seen her you know drop into people's houses with groceries and you know and, and it just happened that the, the family was going through a really tough time and their their cupboards were actually bare and she just felt in her heart that she needed to pick up a few things and drop it off to them 
And, you know, my life was filled, my life's filled with these stories. And so I suppose reacting or using intuition as guidance was always a huge part um, of, of my life. So the foundation of my formative years are very much steeped in spirituality. You know, I, I grew up in a household where the seen and the unseen were given equal importance and where God and the angels and spirituality had a huge importance. So fast forwarding then through all of that, you know, to my college years, when I finished school, I didn't know what I wanted to study and if I even wanted to study anything. Um, I was a year younger than my peers when I finished school and I actually didn't feel quite ready to embark on years in college. So when I didn't know what I wanted to do or study, I embarked on a completely different adventure. <laughs> I joined an international organisation called Youth as a Mission and I packed my bags to move to Musenberg near Cape Town in South Africa. Now Musenberg is a good 1,200 kilometres away from where I grew up. Um, so if you, that just gives you the scale of, of things, you know, um, you know, everything is quite far apart in South Africa. But I loved Cape Town. I've always loved Cape Town and I love Musenberg. It, at that time, it was such an eclectic and cosmopolitan little town or village um, on the outskirts of Cape Town. And it was just a short train journey into Cape Town as well. Um, and I just loved it. Um, the organisation itself, the building was very near to the ocean. So mornings were spent kind of, you know, doing beach walks and all of that, which is very different from where I grew up, which was filled with a lot of red soil and very dusty fields because it didn't rain that often. <laughs> but, you know, Youth of the Mission was such a wonderful experience. I met so many wonderful, creative people um, who were all there for one purpose, and that was to serve others. And yes, missionary work was part of the brief, but so was community work. And it was really about having a heart for people and serving people and, you know, through cultural barriers, through language barriers and definitely through colour barriers as well. So during, unfortunately, during that time as well, um, my parents got a divorce and instead of moving on to Madagascar, as I had planned, um, to continue my, my mission work or my community work there, I decided to move home um, to go and support my mum and all of that. So I started helping my mum and her business. Um, my mum was a real entrepreneur and she still is. You know, there is no, there's definitely no lack at her, <laughs> her, her creativity and her ideas and her ways to create things and build things and come up with new ways to make money and or follow a passion or, you know, she is just, she's got a, a brilliant entrepreneur mindset. And I helped my mum in her business for a couple of years um, and we did anything from silkscreen printing to um, making the linen for a big hospital. <laughs> so it was everything and anything and she never said no to any work. Um, you know, she always liked a challenge and always said yes to whatever work came her way. So I did this for a couple of years and I helped her um, in her business called El Shaddai. And one day I read this article in one of my favorite magazines and the article title was Your Brain Stops Growing at the Age of 21. 
well, <laughs> my word, it's like that spurred me into action straight away. I started looking for courses and studying the curriculum of the university nearby and, you know, was almost pressured in myself um, to start looking for something to study before my brain stops growing. <laughs> which I know today is quite ridiculous. But anyway, back then, it was the catalyst that got me going anyway. So I played, I applied for my entry exam and I got accepted. Um, and now at first I couldn't quite decide on what I do. I still didn't know really what I wanted to study. So there were so many choices. And I, I'm like my mom, and it's probably something I learned from Iris, like I wanted to do everything, you know. Um, nothing is too big a challenge and wanted to learn so much. So I opted for a broad Bachelor's of Arts and ended up with not one or two, but five majors. <laughs> so <laughs> ranging anything from psychology to family law. Um, so with each year that passed by, I dropped one of the majors until I ended up specialising in psychology and sociology. And I finally did my fourth year in clinical psychology, which I just loved. You know, our, our mind and our capability of resilience in human beings just fascinate me. You know, it's like how resilient people's psyches are. They're, they're, they're that part of their mind that just keeps them together despite the trauma. And it's like, and even if it doesn't keep them together, that it still keeps them safe. You know, that it's like our mind has a way to to support us and help us no matter what. So I got to learn about theories and ways of looking at things that was so different from my worldview. And I loved it. I love clinical psychology and I aimed to receive a place at my alma mater to do my doctorate. And um, I applied at many universities and I got places offered in other universities like um, at the time it was Witz or Witwatersrand University in Johannesburg but I didn't want to do it there I really wanted to do it in the place where I, I did my primary degree and um, I didn't get a place in the clinical psychology as I wanted it but they offered me a place in industrial psychology because of my research topic and I, I was so into neuro-linguistic programming back then and how our mind is just so fascinating and, and can create almost miracles for us. <laughs> so they were very interested in, in NLP and as that was a very much a buzzword in the 90s and early 2000s, especially in the corporate settings. But um, that's not really wanted, what I wanted to do, you know, I... You know, as we know, life has interesting ways to take us down avenues that we never even thought of. And just like that article that told me my brain will stop growing at the age of 21 <laughs> spurred me into action, this place that I was offered in industrial psychology spurred me into action to look at other possibilities too. Um, I could have taken it, um, but I know in my heart and soul um, I would have done my best I could and I know I would have thrown all of myself into it as that is just how I am and I probably would have burned out again and again in it as I can't I just can't see myself in that industry so so but that them offering me that place really spurred me on to look for other possibilities and other things I could do and yes, and so I had to make a choice. Do I sign up for this doctorate in a field that I highly respect, but I couldn't see myself working in? 
without burning out? Or do I go on an adventure and go abroad? So, well, you have guessed it. <laughs> I moved to Ireland in 2002 to start a new adventure. I started a brand new life. Um, you know, I when I started working here, and it's so funny, um, you know, my very, very first job in Ireland because I, I needed a work permit to, to be here. And the company that sponsored me was the most amazing family. I started out in Athlone once again, right in the middle of the country. And um, I started out with a, a gorgeous family that ran a boutique or a clothing store. And they were so lovely and supportive and really helped me to set myself up here and, you know, and you know, start a network and we had wonderful friends in Athlone and still do and you know and I'm always so so grateful for them for the start that I got in Ireland um and you know that it was possible for me to make a life here because I literally sold every single thing I had. I paid off my student loans I even sold my car. I sold everything I had and I arrived in Ireland with like 200 euros on my name. <laughs> so if it wasn't for them um, to help me out and give me a place to live for the first few months and um, help me to find work and all of that. Um, yes, I'm just so, so grateful to them. So, but it didn't take long for my brain to start itching, um, you know, and I wanted to get back to the books and I started looking for universities where I could complete my postgrad and applied for the, the master's in humanistic and integrative psychotherapy in the University of Limerick, which was literally like 30 minutes from where I lived. So I was offered a place in 2005 and the rest is history, as they say. Um, it was a part time program, so I worked full time while I was studying and that was pretty rough. It was a rough couple of years, you know, it's like anybody that are doing postgrad studies and have to work full time and manage house and all of that, you know, the stress of all of that. So, <laughs> you know, it was a rough couple of years, but it was so, so good. Um, the program was very experiential, which I loved. Um, we very much used our own process and who we are in the world to study the different theories and to apply the different therapeutic techniques on our own process and it was a great way to to start I suppose even more so it's like up to that point I studied psychology and I studied the mind and how people you know tick and all of that but it's like this was the first time that I really started to know and learn more about myself in many ways so um, it was a wonderful experience and um, I graduated in 2009 and I started my private practice in that same year in the middle of a recession <laughs> I let you know <laughs> and yes and that was challenging in itself um, during the time of building my practice and working up all my accreditation hours to become an accredited therapist in Ireland. I started lecturing also for University College Cork and Mary Immaculate College in Limerick. And I still teach for them um, every so often uh, where I teach psychology, sociology and personal development work. And I love it. I love um, the group interactions and I, I love um, I suppose it's just as something I love to do is pass on knowledge sure knowledge is useless if you just keep it to yourself so 
so I'm an avid learner, if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> and I will probably be a forever student of life. Um, since finishing my, my master's, I've trained in sound therapy and sound healing. I've trained in shamanic counseling and advanced shamanic practice. Uh, and, and those are just some of the healing modalities. You know, as my business grew and changed, I kept learning and I've learned from the best in the business when it comes to taking your work online and teaching others what you know through online programs. And it's it's been such an amazing journey. Um, you know, I am a I am a techie at heart. What can I say? It's like, you know, while I was waiting for my um my residency, uh before I could start my pri- private practice, I was literally waiting for this to come through and I couldn't start my my you know my own business before I actually had that in place. So while I was waiting I actually learned how to create and build my own website and I found this teacher online and he showed exactly how to do that and the the platform he used was WordPress and how to link it all up and how to have your own domain name so I was chuffed with myself <laughs> like apart from wanting to throw the laptop out the window a couple of times but I got through it and I got to learn I suppose the hard way and and from an experiential point of view and um yeah and the rest is history i suppose once again um i love um you know the i suppose i love expressing my creativity in in that way and um even helping my clients you know to create their websites and express who they are more so than anything else um and to how to relay their message through what they they put out online so um, what does all of that have to do with this podcast? <laughs> well, apart from it giving you a flavor of who I am and my, my academic and business background, all of these experiences and knowledge I've gained over the last 22 years have led me to this moment, um, to creating, you know, this increasing your intuitive intelligence program in um, helping others to increase and tune into their intuition and it's it's work that I, I love and yes you know I've developed the the intuit method over the last couple of years which is a therapeutic technique that's designed by me to help you to uncover and rediscover and reconnect to your inner guidance and your inner healer so from all the different theories and practices and the shamanic practices and things that I've learned, I have, you know, I love to tailor make things that fit how people process their own emotions, how they, they, they follow their own process and how these different techniques can support them at different times in their journey. So, but they all are honed into you listening, you know, um, to your own self. It's, it's like, it's like, all of these techniques I have learned that support you in peeling away the layers and the critical voices so that you can tune in and listen to your one true voice. So as the name suggests of this podcast, it's like it is very closely related to our intuition and how to listen to our inner wisdom. So our intuition is the faculty that allows us to enter into a dialogue with God, source, spirit, the consciousness that we are part of but cannot see with our naked eye. So in today's busy world, we are so connected that we are disconnected. 
We are constantly taught to externalize our guidance and depend on the guru, the doctor, the healer, the product, the newest app, this program, this teacher that will help us to get to what wherever we want to get to. And it's amazing. It's like how all of these aids and helpful tools, which are supposed to make our lives easier and fluid, actually teaches us to ignore the natural capacity to navigate our journeys and to access our own inner guidance or our, our own internal GPS, as I like to call it. So we all have the ability to be intuitive, to read between the lines and get those gut feelings and hunches um, that we have just forgotten to trust them. And, and that is a big, big, big part of this process. It's like we, we forget, we, we actually feel sometimes that we've made mistakes or other people tell us that we've made mistakes. And then we forget, number one, to trust our own inner wisdom, our inner guidance. And then in the process, we, we disconnect from the trust, you know, around that, um, you know, and that has been a huge part of my own story. And, you know, I'll share more of these with you, you know, through the different episodes, but you know, that has been a huge lesson and it's it's remaining a lesson for me. It's like how to rebuild that trust and that relationship with my intuitive wisdom. So, you know, in the process as well, we forget what our inner voice sounds like. We 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 don't listen to it and we're so focused on the external voices and sounds and um experts outside of ourselves that we forget what our own inner voice actually sounds like. So through the topics that we will discuss during these coaching sessions, um, I will be inviting you to open the door to a wisdom far greater than what is available in the limitations of the human experience. So listening to your intuition, you may receive information that may not make sense whatsoever to the logical mind, but which is 100% true for you. And I've seen this again and again, especially through, I suppose, during my training in shamanic practice. It's like and some of the techniques and, and methods they use, like the shamanic journeying. You know, my, my shamanic teacher, Martin Duffy, always spoke about, you know, how, you know, the, the information that we get is like the path to direct revelation to our subconscious mind. And the thing is, is our subconscious mind talks in pictures and symbols and maybe sounds or smells or, you know, so it is, it doesn't always make sense to our logical mind. And I'll never forget this one story is like in one of our um, teaching weekends, we were um, giving a, a fun kind of exercise to do at the start and it was about connecting to your spirit animal or your power animal. And, you know, and everybody is like, oh, excited. It's like, yes, I'm going to meet the wolf or the lion or the or the eagle or, the, <laughs> you know, all the kind of I want almost want to say cliche or almost the. Um, the. The power animals that's very often presented to us in kind of Native American um, symbolism or, you know, pictures or, or whatever. So I remember this, the one student in our group came back out of the, the meditation or the journey and she was huffing and puffing. 
And she goes, I got a frog. Seriously? A frog? It's like, why did I see a frog? And she went into this whole spiel with Martin about why did she get a frog? And he said to her, well, tell me a little bit of what's going on in your life. And as she was explaining it, um, uh, Martin just fed back to her and he said, wow, he says, that sounds a bit tricky to navigate. He said, it's, it's you know, what you're talking about sounds like sticky kind of territory. He says, the feeling I get is kind of marshland or, you know, swampy areas. He says, yeah, he says, a, a frog will probably be the best animal to navigate territory like that. <laughs> and I just remember her face just lit up and she goes, oh, that is why. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, sure, if I got an elephant, it will sink right into the swamp. So, um, yeah, so our subconscious always knows what it is that we need. And it gives us the perfect symbol. And it's like the characteristics that I might see in a frog will probably be different to the characteristics that she saw in the frog. So I probably wouldn't have gotten that image because, you know, the characteristics or the skills or the tools I needed would not have necessarily been associated with that. So from that point of view, it's like, you know, our intuition, a lot of people say, but I don't get clear messages or I don't understand what's going on. It's just fuzzy and I don't think I hear my inner voice properly. And it's like you are. It's like it's just about trusting it and trusting that you're getting the right image. And there's been so many times that I have I have worked with my own clients, either through the sound healing or through the shamanic counseling. And it's like and I would receive images for, you know, whatever is going on in the room at that time. And and it was always fitting. It's like it didn't make sense to me. But during that, I just learned to trust it. And it's like and I would I would offer the image that I that I received or the sound or the song or whatever and it's like I don't know what this means it's like I don't know if it means anything to you and very often it meant something to the client and I wouldn't necessarily have known about it and it would have opened up new pieces of work for them um, or new new places in them or what I say old places in them that they never really worked with and that they've kind of packed away very neatly in a little corner they're in themselves and they never really opened up to heal. And it's like in that moment, in whatever was happening in the field and, um, you know, whatever we were picking up in, in that space um, alerted her to the fact that she was ready to deal with that right now. So the intuition is not always logical. Um, it might not make sense to our analytical mind, but to our soul self, to that energy essence in ourselves, it will always be bang on so so through honing and increasing our intuitive intelligence um we will learn how to listen to these um, impulses and then act accordingly so in short i'm inviting you into a sacred dialogue of deep knowing so let me help you to tune in and trust your vibes <laughs> and this is not a once-off technique or skill that you learn and and you have it down to a T. It's a skill like a language that you learn and get better at the more you speak it. And if you don't speak it, you get rusty and it, and might stumble through it. Or just like any muscle that we have to exercise to keep it lean and strong and flexible, we need to exercise and practice listening to our intuition to keep it strong and clear. So 
as a kickoff exercise today, just a little taster <laughs> of the little things that we will do is I want to invite you right now to just put your hand or both hands on your heart. And let's take in a few deep breaths together. So. And another deep breath in. And I want you just to notice if you can feel your heartbeat in your chest. And if you can feel your chest rise and fall with each breath. And between the breaths, I want you to focus on your heart center. In the center of your chest. And just connect to and let your attention drop into that space. What do you connect to in there? Is it an image or is it a feeling, maybe emotional or physical, perhaps a color or a symbol or a song? Just take a few moments to tune in and we see whatever emerges. To trust whatever it might be will have meaning for you somehow. That it is your subconscious, it's your soul, it's your intuitive voice trying to speak to you. And whatever it, it is, it's like after this episode, just write it down or draw it or, you know, create the colour. It gets pencils and just create the colour and just notice what it is and go, how does this relate to me? right now and, and ask your heart not so much your head so I know this is just a quick exercise but even after this episode is finished I want to invite you to practice this and then also practice it a couple of times this week set an alarm on your phone if you have to or go to the resources section to download the daily guide to give you structure to giving you some space for yourself and tune in so, and to more than anything, trust whatever you receive is the right thing, even if it doesn't make sense right now. It's about receiving whatever is shown or given to you. So I loved sharing with you a bit more about my journey. There's loads more to it that I will share in other episodes. And I loved sharing this very simple exercise of tuning in with you. So let me know in the comments what you have discovered when you tuned in and how it relates to where you are in your life right now. This is a safe space that I've designed for everybody that's here um, that want to share. Please feel free to. 
and I'm looking forward to getting into it with you again next time. Until then. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Let's Get Into It coaching podcast. I just loved sharing with you today. And I truly believe that our intuition is one of our most important tools to help guide us on our journey through life. Join me again on the next episode when we will talk about more ways we can increase our intuitive intelligence. This is your host, Joanne McMillan from joanne.ie. And until next time, let's stay into it.